It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. I am Steve Cofield. Come on and do it with me. The tight shorts typhoon. I'm like a, a leaf blower. I'm like a wood chipper. I'm like a, a blender on puree. I need you. I am Steve Cofield. 351 pounds, allegedly. Even if he does look like Eric Gregg ate James Tony. Now I'm very angry. With Steve Cofield and Adam Hill. Every single one of you are going to get punished by God. You cannot escape God. It's Here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Adam Hill is in as the company. Ari's here in the Finley Toyota Studios. Running the show. Big one on the way. Three hours. Some Raiders talk today. Middle of the show, we'll talk to Stanford Route. We will preview another one of the Raiders opponents in the Steelers. That'll be on Christmas Eve. So the expert from ESPN.com will be on with us. Let's get to it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. Is your car okay? Did you almost drown yesterday? No, but I was out. Okay. It was it was wild. Where were you? Uh, I was at a dinner around like campus area. Oh, really? And then I drove some people home or back to their hotels that were on the strip. And uh, that was chaos. Did you decide to go through downtown afterwards and drive at Charleston and Commerce. It's just, so many seem to still do. Amazingly. Uh, it's it's fun, not funny is not the right word. Uh, you know my obsession with just developing situations and news stories. Yes. I turned that direction. Yeah. And I said, what am I what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna stand outside and take pictures. It's too much there's too much rain. I mean no, we know a couple of spots. Don't go near Charleston and Commerce and people did it and they tried to drive through the lake that develops there. It might be the lowest point in Las Vegas aside from the flood channels. Well, I was going to say, don't somebody, go so, somebody by, was staying behind Imperial Palace. Or yeah, don't go the, by Imperial Palace. That was my second one. And I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going to take you back there. I'll, no. I'll drop you off out on the strip. I'm not no. going to go back it's there. It's always been like that. It yeah. always will be like that. So don't go to those areas. And the, the other thing, not to sit here and lecture people because it never rains here, but when it does, yeah, you don't go through imposing puddles. Your car's not going to make it because they're not really puddles here. We just don't know. I mean, you, you see, don't know the depth. Yeah. And I, it happened to me uh, two nights ago. There was some rain, not as much. Uh, but I was about to get on the freeway uh, at Eastern uh, where, to get on 215, and there was a huge lake that had developed, and people were kind of driving up to it and backing away and just kind of looking. And I just I looked and I said, "Why? I can go to another on ramp. Why would I? Even if it's the 99 percent chance of getting through this, why why not just go to the other?" So that's what I did. I went to the uh, the windmill on ramp to 215. Nice. But it was rough. Good thing it, I didn't go downtown either. It was rough. Yeah, downtown and poor Derek Stevens in Circa. The image of water just flying through the video wall at the Circa Sportsbook, that sucks. It wasn't just there. There was another casino that uh, I saw somebody kept playing a slot machine as it poured water on them from the ceiling. That doesn't seem worth it. Keep uh, safe. Uh, and then, executed. Yeah. And then, was that uh, fun in Hollywood? Uh, no, I think it was in a downtown spot. Okay. Planet Hollywood, I saw there was some flooding there. So, yeah, downtown got hit. But the lightning striking the uh, Fremont Street, Street Experience also. Put out, which that's was right. Put out the vicious. dome. Yeah. Yep. So, let's go home. Let's go home. We, well, we need rain, but not that much rain. Well, it's good, it's good to watch it from home, too. Just just don't, if you don't need to be out, don't be out. 
So we've got a developing issue. Um, we're not really friends on Cofield and Company. <laughs> we rarely hang out. I saw Willie uh, posted some tweet where uh, two guys were giving each other the middle finger and said that's how we say goodbye after the end of the show. Kind of. Um, we see each other at outside of the show. We see each other at press events, maybe Raiders, maybe some UNLV, VGK, stuff like that, right? Uh, beyond that, there's almost no social interaction between anyone on the show. At least I'm not involved because I'm not invited, but I like I don't it's hard to get JVT out. Uh Willie's a kind of a, a 3A to like, you know, 9P guy. Uh well, to, to your you, point, you are an 8A to like 6A guy, you to, sleep two hours. To your point, me and JVT got super excited that we were both in San Diego at the same time. We met up at a bar in downtown San Diego. Oh, you did? And I and I the whole time I was he was him and his wife were both saying, This is so fun, we need to do this more. I said, Yeah, we literally live like three miles apart. No. We, we don't need to meet up at a bar and, and gas lamp. We don't need to. We have uh, an old company member getting married this weekend. True. Taylor Byrne. Factual. Right? Remember? DJT got elected. All these people yeah. said, hey, we're leaving the country. He left. He hasn't come back. So Biden didn't change anything for him. He's been in Prague. Well, he's back now. He's been in, is he back here full time? No, but for, for his tomorrow. Wedding. Yeah, so he's doing a Vegas wedding. With actually the woman that he you know went to Prague with, they've been together a long time now. Oh yeah, like seven years. That's crazy. Yeah, finally getting married. I mean, how, how long are you gonna wait? Oh wait, I, sh- I shouldn't speak. Yeah, exactly. Uh, controversy developing though, because you just you just brought it up before the show. JVT was like steam was coming out of his ears. So we're going to this wedding. This guy has a hell of a website. It does. Um, I hadn't really looked at it. Um, you know, I, I've been. He actually pl- has a. He's got like a. An FAQ page. But I, I, you asked me a question about it the other day, and I said, I'm sure it's on the site. And eventually I found it, but yeah. I figured you had already found the answer. What? How to get there? No, which, where the shuttle is leaving from. Oh, yeah, there's it's a shuttle the because it's, uh, it's uh, up north out of town, you know, Mount Charleston area. Um, what's the dress code for the wedding? It's actually on the website. Yeah. For men, our only request is no shorts. I mean, come on, it's a wedding. Yeah. Jeans or sandals. Jackets aren't required. It's Vegas in the summer, after all. But keep in mind, blah blah blah. It might be cold inside. You know, bring some cover. Yeah, the, no wedding, specific, the wedding's outside. The reception's inside. No specific dress code. Uh, dress code for the ladies. Uh, general color scheme for the wedding is blue, yellow, and gray. Those are not my colors. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to match that. And then a minute before the show, you're like, "Hey, what are you wearing to the wedding?" Yeah, because this is. I don't know if you've been with the same situation. The texts have been flying to me. I, 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 I'm not involved. Look at that. I, first I'm an of adult, all, so just assume I'm going to dress somewhat me, like an adult. To me, that is tell, that is saying don't wear a suit. And, okay. the, and I think you have to show respect for other people because they're telling you not to. So if you do, you're kind of a jerk because now you're the one that's wearing one and they, and they aren't. What's a suit? That's a great point, too. By the way, what are jeans? They're also fair I question. I have kind of jean-like nicer pants that you you know you have to look at them to see that they're really jeans. I think they meant to put no blue jeans. I think so. But, but you can for the audience. Adam's a very casual guy. He doesn't like incredible. to get dressed up. You can see what he's setting up here. Did you hear the way he just put that? If you wear a suit, you're a jerk. Hold on. No, my plan is to wear a suit. Well, you're not wearing a suit. You don't have a suit. What are you talking about? It's you actually the, wear it's suits. The dry cleaner right now. Oh, I thought you just had a jacket and like some no. some slacks. It's an actual suit, but then oh wow! But then obviously that's that's. But what I'm saying is, I, now I I've been saying okay. Now you're wearing a suit. Now if everybody else at your table, even your table or the rest of the wedding in general, I did get a sneak peek at our table. 
Am I at the table with you? You are. Okay, I well, so then now you're more. Should, now you should just be worried about what's at the table. No, I think the whole wedding. Okay. The, but these are not things people just obsess over 24 hours a day? No. <laughs> okay. No, normal people are like, I'm wearing what I'm wearing. As long as it's like basically up to snuff, I don't look like a slob. I don't mind going over the rest of the group. I almost never do. But I'm fine with that. I, I don't want to be underdressed. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't either. But I also, I, I think if they're basically telling you on there, hey, just don't wear shorts and jeans. Now, now if you wear a suit, you're kind of a jerk to the other people that are there that probably Jackets aren't. Jackets not required. To. Right. So if you wear a suit, you're being a jerk? I feel like to other people, unless everyone coordinates and they're like, okay, we are going to go suit now. Because now, because now the people that don't, because they're following the directions, are looking around. Because you just said, I don't want to be underdressed. You literally just said that. Mm-hmm. So if you show up following the directions on the site and don't wear a suit, you're looking around saying, wait, everybody else wore a suit? What a bunch of jerks. I won't say that. I would. I didn't even read this. I honestly didn't care what their dress code was. I was going to wear what I was going to wear. It's a wedding. I'm not going to wear jeans anyway. No, of course not. And I'm not going to go in a golf shirt. Of course not. But certainly not a tie. I might wear a tie. <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, now I'm, I mean, now I probably Why can't I do a tie? Because that, what I just said, you said you don't want to be underdressed. Well, if you are not following directions and you go suit with tie and everything else, now you're now you're making the people that followed the directions underdressed. Why do you care which is what so I've been panicking much about, about other people? That's literally all I care about. Twenty four hours. This is your day. life. I don't know why other people don't. You're old. You should be more easygoing now. You're you're, you're getting worse. I'm easygoing, but I don't. I but my are whole. You? Yes, I just want everyone else to also be happy and comfortable. All what the time. is everyone in this group that's probably at this table wearing? Well, I found out. I know for sure. Matt is. He just arrived in town. He might be listening right now. Uh, he is said that, he would. Is that your other European he said, friend? He said he would come. He would find a landline if you wanted him to be a guest today. So he, he is a very good he's guest. Messing with you, and, sure. and and I would have him on a landline cell phone. Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, Matt. Uh, inside joke. Matt used to work for UFC and. Uh, I don't think it was always his fault, but often we would get UFC guests on. It would be through an agency. They would double patch it through a couple of phones, and phone technology sucks. It's getting worse and worse, and we would get a guy on, and I'm like, I can't hear him. And then I would complain back to the UFC. I'm like, please work on the phones. And that's his running joke for like 15 years now that I'm a lunatic about the phones and and the quality of the show. Yes. So anyway, he's wearing a jacket. So he's on our table. I think it's... He's going to wear a jacket. Uh yeah oh yeah he comes for money he he works you know business casual jobs he will wear a jacket so okay that's one well, he jacket. was he was last night he was like he he was like okay I don't want to wear a tie he's gonna wear he's, he's like, gonna wear also... he will wear a jacket something close to jeans and probably a plaid shirt so I'm already set on that one but he said he said he's going to he's he's gonna wear a tie that he plans on taking off as soon as he gets here where he sees everybody else is not perfect yeah okay that's okay uh. You, it's you and the and, SO. And the SO. I will wear a jacket, some slacks, and I will have a tie that will be removal, maybe a clip-on. JVT and the SO. Uh, JVT will wear a jacket at least. I don't. I think he's going to go without jeans. He'll wear pants. So you got three jackets. Okay. So you're, you're in. And then the other one, uh, I mean, I guess I could say who the other person at the table is. Sure. Uh, former PR director of the Golden Knights. Sage Salmons is at our table. Nah, he's going. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. He's going to wear a jacket. He, he, he probably wore a jacket 95% of the time for work. Everyone's going to have a jacket uh, he on. Was, no, he showed up for work. Were you there? He was there the other day. at the. Uh, I wasn't there. In, in the, his new capacity. 
at the Raiders practice, and he was he was in a polo. Okay, he'll he'll wear a jacket. I think so too. No, a jacket of I think is everyone's a, wearing a jacket, and then what will happen a is and a suit. the tie and the jacket will come off. There's a difference between a jacket and a suit, though. There is a difference. Yeah. So now it but sounds if you don't like have, if you don't have something else, then you will go with the suit. And I'll, I'll tell you the other thing, and I'm not giving you advice, uh, you know, because we have similar builds. But as a, when you get older and fatter, a jacket is a nice thing to have on. It can be a bit slimming, <sighs> especially a dark jacket. I, I feel like I'm even more confused now than I was before. I, I just laid it all out for you. But it sounds Perfectly like you're saying clear. it sounds like you're saying nobody at our table will be, wear, will be wearing a suit. Is what you're saying? I would say that's correct. Now I'm, can you just match the suit jacket to different pants? What color do we have to keep doing? What color is the suit? That's the other is problem. Is it like powder blue from '78? No, that's the it's problem. It's probably a dark suit, which will go with dark pants. No, because I my plan all like for two weeks, I was like, okay, go suit, no tie. That's that's the way to go. I feel like that's what you're doing in this. If you're trying to dress down because it's not a suit, thing. how about how about if you do suit and a turtleneckish shirt? Not even a button down. That's very casual. That's kind of like a, the new age coach. And I feel like it's almost too casual now that you're saying everybody's going to casual because everybody's going tie at our table. So now and because it's a black suit, which I already feel like ah, it's probably wrong. That's too much in this situation. Yeah. So now it's a black suit, which I I know like there are a couple things, even though I despise fashion rules and that sort of thing. If you go black suit, you're not supposed to go no tie. I know that. So now I'm like, okay, well, now it's got to be a full suit with everything. Like, it, the whole thing is chaos. My real plan now, I'm not going, I think is the real. Like, I, I just don't. I'll, maybe I'll say hi to them from outside, just show up, and then just leave. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I will say it's hot. I was like, that's the first thing that shocked me. But really, in Las Vegas, I was like, I'm really excited about the city. I was just like, just being able to stay here a little bit longer right now. Uh, the rookies are just in their playbook and room and coming back. And so I was just like, I'm really excited to explore as I get later down the road. But I'm really excited. I was like, it's a really nice area so far. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Bill and Parham, Raiders rookie. We'll get to some football here. Stamper out's coming up in about... Uh, 45 minutes, former Oakland Raider. We'll talk about big Hall of Fame week next week for the Raiders. Reminder, Aces play on Sunday. Big viewing party. Parkway Tavern volunteer location. That's the one of the new locations right near the M. William Ramirez is going to be on the scene at noon. He'll have a ton of prizes. They've got great food and drink specials at Parkway Tavern. And uh, Willie told me that he's got a, uh, a collection of season one and two Las Vegas Raiders programs that he'll be giving out. I guess he grabbed a bunch of them, and these could be collectibles down the road. So go see Willie Ramirez Sunday. You know, if you're down by the M, you live on that side of town. Even if you don't, take the drive. Uh, Aces viewing parties that take on the fever, and uh, there's no better person to uh, talk sports with and chat about the Aces than one Willie G. Ramirez. So You think it's any more or less enticing that it's between my house and Raiders facility, so maybe I'll stop by too. Will you go? I'll stop by. Actually, don't you have Raiders media... Responsibilities on Sunday morning now? Yeah, so I'm saying, but I'll be, I said it's between my house and the facility. I'll, oh, good. I can you can stop, stop on the way back. Sure. Good deal. What does uh, McDaniel speak? Uh, he speaks over the weekend? 745, Sunday morning. Sunday morning. After the wedding that you're not going to now. So you just, you just told <laughs> us for the go. break. You're not going. I'm going to so go. Now, now you're fine. But I'm, I also told you about a birthday party that you need to go to that will go late into the night. Yeah. So. 
So I'll be going to that also. So basically, and- you will not sleep from 5 p. Sunday. I'm sorry, 5 p. Saturday, and probably till 1 p. on Sunday. That's probably That's when you finally take a nap. Uh, probably fair, uh, but I also have agreed to take people home, so I have to go to the wedding at some uh, point. That's right, you're designated driver. Drive some people. So nice. Yeah, it's fun. Very nice. So you dread this with football training camps, the injuries. Now, one is not a new injury, but it's a complication. Uh, apparently, with the commanders, the football team, the former Redskins, Chase Young will not be ready for, uh, for the beginning of the season because of the ACL tear. For Yeah, he's expected to miss week one. Ugh. And possibly beyond. I mean, you, oh, you just man. don't know if it's not if he's not ready yet. You don't know when he's going to be ready. Uh, so that certainly is a concern. And I think there is some, you know, there is randomly some excitement for the commanders. I know the fans have really bought in, but uh, there, there's some like you know you have a, a, an actual quarterback for the first time in a while uh, that you could potentially build around. You got some really exciting players on offense. Chase Young obviously leads a pretty dynamic defense. It's it sucks for the fans to have their Hope's kind of dashed before the season even starts. The uh, the Snyder thing sucks. It's embarrassing. He's a creep. Uh, right now, you can still follow him. I think he's in the middle of the Mediterranean. You can actually follow at Dan Snyder's yacht. They're tracking him all over Europe. So he was in Israel. Apparently, he left Israel about six hours ago. They think might be flying to Corsica, might be taking the boat to Corsica. We don't know. He ain't coming back to the United States anytime soon because, uh, you know, we want to freaking throw him in jail. Not really. He just has to speak in front of Congress, but who knows what he's going to say. We well, so did it from his yacht yesterday, didn't he? Really? I think he did a deposition on, from his yacht, like on Zoom or something. Oh, boy. Yeah. Why couldn't he do it like six weeks ago? He's got to make some negotiations behind the scenes. I feel like an NFL owner has more power than... Most of the people who got called in front. Yeah, it seems like it. And then, uh, uh, I mean, it's just well, a lot of a lot of people in Congress probably want season tickets still. They don't want to give them up, and their new stadium is going to be smaller than this one, so some people are going to be out. Well, it might also be hours away from some of the fans sure, if it goes point. to Virginia. So you got that, and then uh, I guess photos of training camp yesterday and today. Less than the fans can go for free. Uh, less than like a hundred people hanging out. Some there's pictures just, there's not it, a lot of excitement. Some pictures made it look like there was like five people. It was it was just sad. Buccaneers now already oh. lost Ali uh, Marpet. They had another guard sign elsewhere, and then Ryan Jensen, their center, goes down, and all Todd Bowles could tell us today, nothing's mm-hmm. confirmed, is he could be down for a couple of months, if not longer. Oh, boy. Seems like the season's over. Yes, the Bucs have no chance. No, I mean his season. I thought you were writing off. I just no. thought you were writing off Tom Brady. Came back for uh, age forty-five year. Now he's got no shot. No, Jensen. It seems like Jensen's season is over. Uh, th- again, they're not committing to that. They're leaving the door open to some possibility. But that's also a team that knows their window is starting to close. They don't want to start making any, hmm. you know, <laughs> grand proclamations of out for the season. Hey, maybe he can possibly come back. It doesn't seem like it. I'd be excited if I was a Cardinals fan. But I don't like what happened the last week or so, and I still can't figure out what exactly happened. I was giving the Cardinals a lot of credit for kind of calling Kyler Murray on the carpet with the leak of this contract study clause, but then they dropped it yesterday. So I would say mission accomplished. But then there's a lot of people who are like, what sort of leadership do you have in place that you have to put it in the contract and then leak it instead of just making them do it? Well, I'm not necessarily convinced that they leaked it. So the... There is a running theory around, which I kind of buy into, that when something like that that's so out of the ordinary, uh, and we also saw it happen, obviously, in the NBA yesterday, but when something's so out of the ordinary, 
like that happens, agents start to kind of send it around, mock the agent that signed this deal. You know, oh, really? That sort of thing. Okay. And then it circulates so much through text and like everybody's phone. You know, I heard I heard somebody <laughs> saying, "Hey, I got sent the I got sent a picture of it." Uh, so I think it was just kind of circulating around. And then somebody finally said, okay, "Let's let's put this out there." So I don't think it necessarily came from the team. It was because that was one of those. If it was from Kyler's side or the team, it was definitely the team. But it also didn't make sense that the team would put it out. It made no sense. They were more likely than him, yeah. but it didn't make any sense. But this uh, makes sense, and it circulated so much that finally somebody just put it out that had no relation to it at all. Like I said, I think it accomplishes what they need. It should motivate them. And I will tell you, every time people watch Kyler Murray and he looks like crap, they're going to point to this and go, he wasn't ready. He yeah. didn't prep. And you've seen the the stats that's been circulating about his performance before and after Call of Duty is released each year? No. Yeah, because the new version of Call of Duty comes out at some point in November, I believe. Get at it. And they, really? somebody, somebody put together his stats before and after the release of the new game. How bad is it? It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. So it's pretty. It's not hard to chalk that up. And it, Kyler Murray did this to himself. He went to the New York Times a year ago mm-hmm. and said, I don't have to watch film. Like, I'm that good. You're still getting him on, what, 16 of your 25 fantasy teams? Depressed value, you're gonna make a run at him? No, nah, I think I think uh, Lamar's value is gonna be even more depressed. Why? He was getting hurt. People keep doubting him. All these, you know, he didn't have that great of a year last year. He also his stats were down from 19 to 20. Like there's been two straight years of diminishing returns for people that, that get Lamar Jackson. That's that's my target. Coming up next, let's talk about the legality of what was in that contract and also the fat clause in Zion Williamson's contract. Is uh, Our legal insider, Justin Watkins, is up in just a few on Cofield and Company. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. All right, Justin Watkins, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, guys. How are you? We are good. Good to he- good to hear from you as always. A uh, lot going on in contract law. I think in sports, uh, we can jump right in because we were just talking about. The Kyler Murray deal, and I guess just first from a sports fan perspective, what was your thought when you saw that contract clause that he had to study four hours a week on his own? I mean, let's just start from the fact of, you know, is that a typical thing to be included into a contract? Not in the specific of, you know, four hours of studying during game week, but clauses that are unique to what the perceived weakness of the performer are is certainly common within contracts. And I'm talking, like, let's use the word performer very broadly, and we could be talking about music or, uh, you know, stage or athletics. And so it didn't exactly surprise me when I heard what the specific clause was. Clearly, they have a concern about his willingness to prepare. Um, And I thought that they addressed it well, in, in the contract, um, you know, I, apparently they were unwilling to feel the blowback for, of the of the bad PR. But I kind of thought they should have stood stood ground on that. Um, I mean, he agreed to it. He signed the contract. You know, if he thinks it's disrespectful that that clause was in there, he needs to talk to his agent, not the <laughs> team. 
it, let's just say that it, it was still in the contract and that we went forward with this. How difficult would something like that be to prove? I mean, I know you can monitor screen time uh, on an iPad and teams do that and they, you know, they know how long he's on there. But what, what what could you do to prove that he's not doing something else while he's watching film? Well, you don't it, you don't want to try to prove the negative, right? Because I believe in there it said at the facility, right? Um, so they would have had log time of watching film and, and preparing and having specific tasks. And then, um, you know, how you would go down that road is if – the coaches felt like he was unprepared, then you have somebody monitor it and make him aware that he's not uh, adhering to the contract terms. And if he doesn't correct it, well, then you have a choice. Do you want to terminate the contract or not? We've also got the Zion Williamson fat clause, which is fascinating. It's, it, this is pretty similar in your mind. Yeah, I think so. And and I think we've heard – I've never heard a, a preparation clause before, but we've cer- certainly heard at least rumors of fat clauses before or specific weight um, goals uh, and guidelines that must be met. Um, you know, we're, it's important to remember, too, that we're talking about what legal rights would be versus the practicality of actually doing it, right? Would the Arizona Cardinals actually terminate a contract or would New Orleans actually terminate a contract if this item wasn't specifically adhered to 100%? Very, very, very unlikely. As you can see, it's tough to win the PR battle on that. Um, but I don't think that's a reason not to include it. Uh, it's always better to have more rights that you end up not needing or waiving than having not having rights that you wish you had. Can you, I mean, it might be tough without calling somebody out or Citing something. What's the you've seen a lot of contracts in your life? What's the weirdest yeah. one you've ever seen? The weirdest clause you've ever seen? Hmm. Well, I think like the the ones that I've heard about, although I've never seen specifically, it usually has to deal with like uh, musicians and their contracts with the sites or with the promotion. <laughs> or like all green, all about. green M and M's. Yep. 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 <laughs> Every, every, all the particulars that need to be put into their green rooms and their dressing rooms to ensure, as they say, not that they actually want those things, but they want to know that they're being paid attention to. Um, you know, I don't think that in my personal experience, most of the contract drafting that I did uh, and the litigation I did with with contracts dealt with, obviously, employer, employee. And most of the time it was related to construction um construction companies and, and their senior management. That was kind of my ballywick when I started practicing law. So nothing too crazy there. Uh, let, let, let's look at that for a second. Like the, you know, the famous riders and Hey, this part of my contract is that I get only green M&Ms when I show up at the venue. When, I mean, I guess it, sometimes it might specify like where a, you know, adjudication might be heard possibly, but Say, say you had that and they give you a bowl of like a thousand green M&Ms and there's buried like a brown one down in the bottom. Is that the kind of thing that would actually be debated in a mediation type setting or like how would you play that out? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So first off, there's always going to be venue dictated in those contracts where it must um, proceed and I don't even know if you guys heard that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where it must proceed 
and um, what laws uh, are at issue. So you would know that you're going to litigate that case in California pursuant to Delaware law or something along those lines. Um, and in that instance, the question would become, what remedy are you seeking? If you're seeking to terminate the contract based on this one brown M&M, the analysis would be, was that a material term to the contract? And everybody would say, no, it was not. Now, could you be entitled to damages associated with that? Maybe so. Maybe there's liquidated damages, a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks, whatever you, you want to write that in. But it is very, very, very unlikely that something like that would be considered a material term that allowed one party to terminate the contract for cause. ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider Justin Watkins up with Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here. Cofield. All right. This one's really interesting because it has a lot of layers. A North Carolina chicken joint, one of the fast food places, faces backlash over asking volunteers to work the drive through for food, not pay. That doesn't sound legal. Uh, and I think you're right. And obviously, I'm not a connoisseur of North Carolina law or, <laughs> um, you know, any local ordinance now. But basic employment laws and fair wage uh, acts from federal and state law, minimum wage requirements, you know, would dictate that you can't go hiring staff in exchange for food. Now, where that line is drawn between a volunteer and an employee, uh, I think you'd have to look to specific statute, um, your local employment uh, laws for that state are gonna are gonna have that sort of definition because obviously you know this is no new game. People trying to get around minimum wage requirements be- through either employment of vol- you know quote unquote volunteers or friends mm. or family or underaged or any of those things have all been addressed over the course of the last you know hundred years. Uh, so there, there'll be a very specific definition in there. And and I agree with you. I hear it. I say nope. You're trying to violate minimum wage laws. Can't do it. Um, and that's illegal. But one of the things I thought of is obviously this is a you know one franchise of a major corporation. And as you pointed out, laws might be different from state to state. If there was some loophole that they exploited in this state that made this okay, <laughs> could you go after corporate and say, look, you 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 operate everywhere. Like this is your establishment, even though it's locally owned potentially. This you can't do this just because there's some local law that allows this. Depends on what the franchise contract and relationship is like and what duties and rights each of those respective parties have. But by and large, the answer is no. That's why franchises are created in the first place, right? Is to shield yourself from liability, differing liabilities across different states. You just take royalties off the top. Um, You don't have any obligation for liabilities, so on and so forth. Now, you can't always avoid that because sometimes you dictate that from corporate, right? Like you will make the chicken sandwich in this way you will make the coffee in this way. And if the methods that you dictate cause injury, well, then you're going to be liable from the corporate level. Um, So I think it would be very unlikely in this scenario. Absent, I'll say, if there is some program, because Chick-fil-A is so big, maybe there is some program or cooperative effort that's made by Chick-fil-A corporate 
um, in which they receive federal money for something uh, and that that federal money is dispersed down to their franchisees. Maybe it's a, you know, prison work program for janitors or something. Um, then I think that that would have violated federal wage law and, and corporate could be at issue. Now, would that create a civil litigation, a lawsuit on behalf of any employees? N- not necessarily. You, you do get your rights to get your, your proper wages paid, but generally speaking, those kinds of lawsuits aren't what, you know, you get anything above and beyond what you were owed in the first place. Justin, sit tight. We'll come back in five, okay? All right. 570-9000. Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Justin is an undergrad from Oregon State, currently of the Pac-12. I'm sure he was glued to the TVs or the internets this morning to watch the commissioner speak. Is the Pac-12 going to exist five years from now? We'll get Justin's take on it and then also get into a weird story out there about banning certain folks from the Las Vegas Strip. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts. Only on Cofield and Company. I like this. I like this. Aggressive, aggressive. From the commission of the Pac-12 this morning. I've been spending four weeks trying to defend against grenades that have been lobbed from every corner of the Big 12 trying to destabilize our remaining conference. When you look at the relative media value between the conferences, I get why they're scared. Pac-12 guy, Oregon State guy, Justin Watkins is on the horn. Some of the stuff that you've seen from uh, Big George, the commission of the Pac-12, you like it? I like it. Yeah, sure. Um, I think he's, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased, him having the Vegas ties that he does have, but uh, I like how he's speaking. He seems to have a lot of um, positive reviews coming from the 80s and the presidents as well. Um, And it looks like, you know, the Pac-12 slash 10 um, just might survive this thing, which from uh, an Oregon State Beaver alumni perspective is the best case scenario because if it crumbles, there's no way. OSU comes out of this thing with an upgraded conference. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I like what he said today, but is it is it too late for them? Is he is he acting too late? I don't think so. I mean, even with the ten schools remaining, they have more TV households than the Big Twelve currently has, with more schools. So I I, I tend to agree with what George is saying in regards to from market perspective, they've got six of the fastest growing demographic and regional um, metropolitan areas in the United States. They're all in Pac-12 country. So they have a good uh, household base right now. It's going to continue to grow. Yes, they lost LA, but maybe they can help, you know, say San Diego State establish itself more prominently in Southern California. And I'll tell you this, it's much more likely to get fans to actually show up at a stadium in, in San Diego for a San Diego State game than it is to get L.A. fans to show up to a USC or a UCLA game. I mean, I've been to the Coliseum and the Rose Bowl uh, at least four times each um, and for Pac-12 games, and the attendance is abysmal. 
So yeah, I get that they have a lot of TV households, but um, you know, I think the the Pac-12 would do good to invest in in the growth of San Diego State, especially. I mean, what do they got? Seventy thousand students at that school now. It's huge. It's enormous. Can we follow the Chargers blueprint and just move San Diego State to LA? Right. That's it. You just. <laughs> You get you bring San Diego State into the Pac-12 and then have them play neutral site games in L.A. every other week. It was a weird thing that uh, Klyakov mentioned this morning. He did say that the conference will still have games in L.A., so I want to hear what that plan is going to be down the future. He was kind of coy about that one. Um, saw a headline uh, yesterday, if you are caught dealing drugs or prostituting, a judge can ban you from the Las Vegas Strip for up to one year. What the hell does that mean? Like, I couldn't even be on. I'm not a prostitute or dealing drugs, but what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it is not a new law. It's an old law that's on the books that's never been, you know, widely utilized. Um, but as part of punishment um, for a conviction of misdemeanor, you can, under certain classes of crimes, include in any parole um, or probation the requirement for them to stay off of a very specific area of the strip within the city of Las Vegas. It's an ordinance for the city of Las Vegas. So it sort of ends at Sahara. It does not include Clark County. Um, so it's really unique. It's going to have to be in Las Vegas municipal court. It's going to have to be a specific type of crime like prostitution or drug dealing. Um, and you have to have a judge that wants to include that in par- parole or parole or probation um, so yes, there is a law in the books that allows that. The next question would be, would that be constitutional? And I think the answer is yes, so long as it is equally applied amongst everybody. So if that practice ends up affecting one protected class significantly more than another, then I think you'd find a constitutional challenge to it. So in the NFL, we're seeing another one of these big stadium deals potentially going down. You know, following us, uh, Buffalo came up with uh, you know over one and a half billion dollars for and the state of New York for a stadium. Now Nashville may be getting close to a two point two billion dollar stadium. I mean, I I've always called these things a public boondoggle, but has Vegas and Allegiant actually proven that maybe stadiums for two billion dollars in some markets are okay and actually worth the public investment? I haven't seen the evidence to say that that's true yet, right? I mean, it feels like it was a good investment, but the numbers supporting whether or not it was a good investment have not been produced. At least I haven't seen them or heard that they have been produced to sort of bolster that. Secondarily, I would just say, I don't think that Vegas's investment in in the Raiders is akin to anything else that's out there. Right. I mean, at the time when they passed that law, it was going to be the first sport here or or it enabled the negotiation of the first professional sport. Um, and we are a tourist destination with, you know, close to 50 million people visiting here yearly, which gets us access to people beyond our own population that I don't think any other city can match. Um, it, it, proportionally, I should say, you know, compared to their local population. And so I would just be really hesitant to say if I'm Tennessee, although Nashville, you know, they like to call themselves Nash Vegas, huh. could, you know, try to make the play and say, if it works in Vegas, it works here. I don't know. I don't even know that we could say it worked in Vegas yet. 
from a purely financial standpoint. And like you said, it like looks Ad- like it is, though. And like Adam said from the beginning, we were buying our way into the NFL. The NFL's already in Tennessee, so they don't have to pay that, you know, that tax to get the league there. All right, last three minutes to close with here. Adam, explain the story real quick to the audience and Justin. Um, the story of uh, another you know, trade where there's not a whole lot of compensation coming back for VGK and why that happened. Well, I, I think we should just first start by saying I just don't think we should use Alan Walsh as a resource anymore necessarily as a be-all, end-all. Alan Walsh came out on his podcast, the agent of Marc-Andre Fleury and Max Pacioretty, and said, hey, look, there was plenty of deals that could have been done for Max Pacioretty, and then somebody would have given up a draft pick, but hey, the Carolina Hurricanes just wanted to embarrass the Golden Knights and say, hey, look how dumb you were by getting yourself in this cap issue. You have to give us two guys for absolutely nothing. And, that, and that's what ended up happening. Well, this is just, listen, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, inaccurate that the Knights put in a, themselves in a bad spot and they had to dump players. We know that that's true. But this is the agent of one of the players that was given up for nothing saying, oh, no, he was worth a lot more. It was just an embarrassment factor is the reason that nobody would give up anything for him. This is it's ridiculous to act like this is fact just because the agent of the player that was given up for nothing says it. A hundred percent. Yeah. He's got an absolute vested interest in promoting the value of his client, Max Petretti, and saying that he's, you know, as a, as a commodity worth much more than nothing, right? <laughs> he was traded for nothing. And he's trying to say hey, he's worth way more than nothing. Everybody just hates Vegas. Uh, I, I'm not with that. Now, could you have gotten me there a little bit after year one you know, in the expansion draft, and it seemed like the GMs were kind of trying to um, get some payback for getting fleeced across the board? Maybe. But at this point, like, I, I, you, when you know you've got a team that's over the cap and they need to dump salary, do you try to fleece them any more because of the letters associated <laughs> with their team? I don't think so. You know you've already got all the leverage, um, and so you, you make the good hockey deal for you um, and try to give up as little as possible. And in this instance, it was... It was nothing. They didn't have to give him anything, and yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know that Alan Walsh should be considered a source um, when he's talking to the media or through his own podcast. Of fact, it, that's not the purpose of him doing interviews or creating the podcast in the first place. Is not to convey factual information. Quick question. Got like 30 seconds. Adam's freaking out over a wedding we're all going to this weekend. They've described it as casual, said don't wear jeans, but suits really aren't necessary. Now he has a suit on tap. Now he's afraid to wear a suit because he's going to make other people mad because he'll be overdressed. No such thing as overdressing at a wedding. You're fine. I mean, you might look like a fool yourself, but (laughs) nobody's going to be mad at you for overdressing. So I think you're safe there. Um, there's There's an easy middle ground. You got to find like that, that casual athletic wear, like, you know, Lululemon where it has these like slacks, but they're comfortable. Can I, can I cut you? I mean, <laughs> you guys who have 30 inch waist, Lululemon, come on. Now you're, now you're just rubbing it in, man. Come on. Jeff. No, I'm just using them as an example because I happen to be wearing it right yeah, now. Exactly. But, but, but what I'm saying is, there is a whole bunch of options out there today for looking like you are well-dressed, better than jeans, okay. but clearly more casual than a suit. Um, and, you know, and what I do now, outside of court, that's how you see most lawyers now. You do not see a lot of lawyers in suits every day, at least in, in, in my, you know, world. I see a lot of people in, you know, 
a decent looking shirt and like we'll call them slacks, but they're they're more athlete, casual or athletic type slacks. Um, something a little bit nicer than a pair of jeans, but not actual suit slacks. Justin, thank you for the info. Have You're a good welcome. weekend. All right, guys. There he is. Justin Watkins, 570-9000. Personally, at this age, I prefer uh, the Sansa belt that will go anywhere from 36 up to 44 waist. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today.